Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. My name's Nathan, and last Sunday I kicked off a two-week message series called Learning to Listen. In fact, I told you how important it was, why it was important to learn to listen, but also what not to do. Well, today you're going to hear from Kurt Goodman, who was part of the, the writing process and who's going to share some keys to how to listen well. So I'm going to give you some things that you can do to hone your skills of listening, and we'll all be better for it. I, I know you're not going to want to miss this, but before I turn it over to Kirk, I want to share with you a a bit of information for those that attend our church or thinking of visiting in person. uh, This coming Sunday after the long weekend, uh, we are actually going back to two services, two in-person services. We're doing this because uh, the uh, gathering sizes are still limited because of COVID. And so we're going to have a 9.15 and 11 o'clock service. For those who uh, follow us on our YouTube uh, live stream, we will be live streaming the 9.15 service. But of course, you can watch the entire service at any point on Sunday morning or beyond. Uh, So I want to let you know that the 9.15 service uh, will be live streamed, but also we will have Pathway Kids environments open. Uh, They will be limited capacity. And so you can go to our website, pathwaylife.com forward slash tickets. And by going there, you can register uh, yourself and your family in advance to attend in person. If you do not have kids and you're able to come to our second service at 11 o'clock, that would be helpful to sort of uh, spread everyone out so that we can fit everyone in with the restrictions that are in place. We look forward to seeing you in person. And for those who are not yet ready to come back, we look forward to connecting with you online. God is doing incredible things. And even through this difficult season with elections and vaccinations and all these things going on in our community, we're excited about what God is doing in our hearts and in our lives and what is ahead. So, Without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to Kurt Goodman, Learning to Listen, Part 2. I have been uh, practicing two things this week. I've been uh, practicing my golf game, and I have been practicing for this message this morning. You would know me better if you knew that... For the majority of my life, up until about four months ago, when it comes to the game of golf, I was an incredible hacker, uh, a terrible, terrible golfer. Um, For me, it was an exercise in frustration. Uh, Oftentimes, people would ask me, do you golf? Would you like to come out with us? And my response more times than not would be... (laughs) I am standing way too close to the ball after I swing. So, no, I don't want to golf with you. For me, it was, for me, it was such a, kind of a joke, because uh, we try to make jokes of things that we're insecure about, right? I would, when I did go out, I had a weed whacker and a hockey stick in my golf bag. Try to liven things up on the course. Uh, It's brutal. And so, Wednesday night, just last Wednesday night, I'm out on a golf course, practicing my swing, thoroughly enjoying the beautiful evening, the incredible sunset that's falling over the course, and focused on the things that I need to focus on as I move a little white ball. Down the fairway. Now, as an uh, as an aside, I thought I'd I thought I'd mention this to you this morning because 
as I'm, as I'm going around the course, I was surprised because I thought to myself, I wonder if there's been sightings of Jesus on the course. And the reason I said, say that is because off in the distance, I could hear people calling out to him or calling for him. <clears throat> As has been the case the last four months, I would share with you that I have thoroughly enjoyed participating in this hardest game on the face of the earth. What changed? What happened? How did I go from being well equipped with a weed whacker and a hockey stick to painting the picture that I painted for you? Well, I took the great advice of my brother and I went and took some lessons about four months ago. And in doing so, my greatest fear was set aside. One of the reasons it prevented me from taking the game seriously, getting some lessons, was I thought that I would have to make gigantic, huge, all-encompassing changes. And as I began to spend time with this pro, what I found out was, it wasn't about huge changes. It was about small, intentional, deliberate adjustments that needed to be made. Let me show you. Oh, <laughs> brought my clubs. I'm kind of hoping that it stops raining today. <laughs> so, <clears throat> let me show you what things look like for the first... Uh, 40 years. Can you, can you see this here? Am I in the camera? You at home? This, you, for you at home, this is not a YouTube video about, hey, are you frustrated with your golf? It's not that. <laughs> so <clears throat> this is kind of what it looked like, kind of real, real quick and, and painless. Uh, kind of what it looked like. Uh, <clears throat> and then I started to spend some time and make some adjustments, you see. And uh, this is, is kind of what it looks like now, and like that, see? Um, please subscribe. Just hit the button below. <laughs> what does my golf game have to do with this topic? Learning to listen well. The answer is in the second thing that I've been practicing this week. And that is for this message. Good listening is a skill. As I have been, been learning skills, small adjustments, make me less frustrated, feel a little bit better about myself and participating in this game. Listening well is about making small, intentional adjustments. I've discovered that in an attempt to be a better listener, I have had to focus on taking some skills and strengthening them. Now, before we tee off for answering, in answering the question, how to be a more effective listener, 
I want to say this. I have counted it such a privilege to be part of this two-week mini-sermon series with Pastor Nate. Last week, he got us fired up and started, and he spoke about why listening matters. He discussed some of the bad habits and, and the things that we need to stay away from that are consistent with poor listening. Pastor Nate answered the question, why does listening matter? And he impressed upon us that listening matters because when we listen well, we express that we love. Good listening opens us up to learning. And he also shared that listening encourages and promotes community. And the second thing I want to say before we, we drill down is this. On a personal note, uh, I have, I've got to thank you folks so much for praying for us in these days. And uh, I don't know about you, but sometimes I wonder, my goodness, do my prayers just reach the ceiling and fall to the ground? What impact, what influence uh, do my prayers really have? What effect are these prayers having? You know, our heart goes out to people, we pray for them. And I mean to tell you this, that your prayers have affirmed two things. One, that God is with us. Say that on behalf of my family. And that God is for us. Thank you so much for praying for us. Pastor Nate introduced the scripture last week in James chapter 1, verse 19 to 20. And what I would like to do this morning is drill down on that verse for a few moments. Let me, uh, let me read it for you. James chapter 1, verse 19 to 20. And James writes this. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. I want to take a, a couple of moments and, and just drill down on this. This, uh, these two verses. What James is actually doing is he's laying out a pattern for life. A pattern that, that we can follow. And, and as he does, by default, he also lays out a pattern that doesn't work. He lays out an effective pattern for listening and a poor pattern for listening. What he lays out is God's way, what God would want you and I to, to follow, a pattern that he would want us to follow, and a pattern that, that doesn't work well. God's way and my way. Or God's way and man's way. What's God's way? Well, when we take a look at this verse, what we find out is God's way is to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Quick, slow, slow. Listen, speak, 
anger. That's the pattern that he lays out. The fact of the matter is, is that listening is hard. It's hard work. One of the things I've noticed is that <laughs> over the years when I've struggled to listen to somebody, to listen to somebody, oftentimes what I'll do is, is try to use humor, you know, to, uh, to break the ice, to not feel so uncomfortable, to, to do something because I'm struggling to listen. Listening's hard. And the pattern that James lays out is that when... When we don't take time to listen to one another first, uh, our tongue can get ahead of us. And then, at least it's been my experience, it's easy to become angry. It's a downward spiral in this pattern that James talks about. God's way is to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. As I observe different times and seasons of my life, my pattern was to be slow to listen, quick to speak, and quick to become angry. An observation of mine is that poor listeners are generally angry people. Angry people tend to be poor listeners. And then in this passage of scripture, we read, this does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Now, as I read that, I had to ask myself a question. What is the righteous life that God desires? What does that look like? What does that even mean? I want to suggest to you that it can be summed up in two words. Imitate Christ. The righteous life that God desires for you and I is to imitate the life of Christ. In fact, to live the resurrected life that we talk about lots is to live the life that reflects the life of Christ. And what I love about the book of James, we're, you know, we're just touching on two verses. What I love about the book of James is that it really is street-level Christianity. And that's what this is. Uh, first chapter, James is laying this out. The importance of listening, how to listen effectively. Because this has to do with some of the most practical, applicable principles that are included in what it looks like to live the Christian life. This is street-level Christianity at its very best. And Eugene Peterson, in his version of the scriptures, captures this incredibly with these words. This is how he puts first, for, uh, James 1, 19-20. Post this at the intersections. Lead with your ears, follow up with your tongue, and let anger straggle along behind. Post this at the intersections. You've sat at an intersection like I have. And we don't have to look very far. There's signs, need a plumber, or, you know, we buy homes for cash. And 
People post things at intersections. Why? They want people to read them and follow up. Eugene Peterson's captured what, what James is wanting to hammer away here. And that's this. This is important stuff. Put this in lights. Don't forget this. How do we go about strengthening the skill of listening? I would share with you that it's about making small, small adjustments. It's not about entering into something where you have to make catastrophic changes. The first skill that I want us to consider is this. Good listeners ask great questions. Good listeners ask great questions. Jesus was a master at this. You know, as I take and dampen the thumb and flip through the pages of the New Testament, one of the things that that I discover is Jesus was incredible at asking great questions. Here's a few examples. You know, as he encountered people, he asked, he asked a gentleman this question. Do you want to be healed? Now I realize that's a yes or a no question. But what's fascinating when we follow up with the story is that that question led to that man painting a picture of the story of his life. That's what a good question can do. Somebody else, Jesus says, who do you say? I am. He asked, why is it that you're so afraid? He asked somebody else, why do you doubt? And in a crowd of people, he said, who touched me? That led to quite a conversation. He asked several people, do you love me? And then this question, what does the scriptures say? (laughs) I think he was working on a healthy small, what a healthy small group looks like. Uh, So that's a good question. Let's talk about that. To get technical for just a second, what, what what do good questions, what do great questions sound like? They're open-ended. Many many of us probably have forgotten more of this stuff than I'm going to share with you, but I appreciate your patience with me. Open-ended questions help to paint pictures. They communicate our curiosity. They should encourage thought and reflection. Great questions begin with the words who, what, when, where, and why. Some of the greatest questions that I've been asked are these. That's an interesting statement that you've made. Teach me about that. At a difficult time, somebody said, How would you put words to the tears? 
That's a, that's, that great question is far better than, I'm so sorry for making you cry. Imagine how you would feel if you were asked that question. How would you put words to the tears? If you could rearrange one thing in your life right now, what might it be? Another great question is, when you got that news, how did it make you feel? Folks, where do you get great questions from? How do you take great and good questions and unfold them into our lives, into our language, so that we may strengthen this thing that we call listening? We become students of great questions. I want to challenge us, as I've been challenged in my life, to pursue them. Seek it out. There are phenomenal resources that can help us with asking great questions. When it comes to listening well, a good question helps us to engage with the person that we're attempting to listen to and to hear. The second skill is good listeners slow down long enough to move beyond hearing to listening. Good listeners slow down long enough to move beyond hearing to listening. The idea here is what Eugene Peterson captured in his, his way of expressing these verses. This is, this is leading with the ears. You see, it takes time to hear. It takes time to listen. The fact of the matter is, is that we are moving way too fast in this crazy world. How do we differentiate between listening and hearing? I've used those two words. Just before COVID, I was at a conference in Indianapolis, and I found myself, as you find yourself when you're on these conferences for work and seminars, and I was sitting in a chair waiting for the presenter to stand up and, and start a seminar on healthy communication and sales, you know, tactics and all that kind of stuff. And as the presenter took the front of the room, they asked, they asked this question, what's the difference between listening and hearing? Well, fact of the matter is, there wasn't a soul in the seminar room who moved a muscle. You know, people terrified. Right? Finally, a brave soul put their hand up and said this. Listening is wanting to hear. And I wrote that down. I was like, that's a keeper. <laughs> Listening is wanting to hear. Why is that so powerful? I don't know about you. One of the things that I've discovered 
And you, you have too. I know it. I know there's this, this sense and instinct in each one of us. You and I know something. You and I know right away when somebody's not all that interested to hear us. Right? Some of you are thinking, holy crap, I haven't seen you in my house, but you've just described my husband. <laughs> you just described, <clears throat> that's, uh, that's another seminar on <clears throat> building healthy marriages. Yeah, we're going to start by listening to one another. If you want to be a better listener, that's why I'm here today. I'm a student of this stuff. You get a you know, footnote for us. I'm not here because I'm a great listener. I'm, a here, I'm here because I'm, I'm, I'm figuring this out. I, I'm learning how to listen more effectively, just like you are. One of the things that's true is almost on a daily basis, I'm reminded of how important it is for us to slow down. How important it is for me. Just take a deep breath as I engage with others. The fact of the matter is, nothing helps us to slow down better than by having a collection, an arsenal of good questions. Being willing as well to linger in the silence. Can't tell you how great that is. Just to stand or sit with somebody, not be threatened by the silence. Good listeners are not threatened by silence. Now this is a topic for another Sunday morning. Perhaps even a sermon series at some point, but This has huge implications and correlations to listening to God's voice. The Psalms are packed full of the postures and the great questions that help us to engage with our great God and put us into a place of being able to listen to and hear his voice. Truth of the matter is, is that we can't hear what we're not listening for. In others, in God, even ourselves. Speed has a way of deafening our ears to hearing from others. I was sitting in a small group on Tuesday night, sitting outside, around a fire, with a bunch of guys. It was one of those moments where, you know, the, the wheels are just wound down. You're taking a break from the craziness of the week. And I forget what the question was. I don't have to remember because it's really not important. The punchline here is what's important. Somebody asked a question. And as we sat in silence, seven or eight of us around the fire, 
the person who was kind of leading us said, well, we have a choice to make. We can check Google for the answer, or we can talk about it. And as I thought about that statement, I thought, wow, am I ever thankful to be in a place where conversation (laughs) is being nurtured here? I don't know about you, but in this fast-paced world, unfortunately, Google has become my best friend. I don't don't have time. Oh, okay. Mixing gas with oil for my bolt motor, yeah? 50 to 1. I don't... I didn't call somebody and say, hey, I know you got a boat. I need to mix this oil. 50 to 1. Can you, you know, no. Google, 51. Yeah. Eight liters of gas, 150 milliliters of oil. Thank you. Boy, slow down. Talk to people. Third thing is this. Good, third, third skill. You know, move through the feet, the knees, bend the knees. Good listeners don't try to fix everything. They trust that God is sovereign. I've never met a parent that hasn't struggled with this thing that I call the delusion of self-sovereignty. Oh, when when we were raising teenagers, I... I was pretty confident that I was sovereign <laughs> over most of what was going on. The teenage years beat that out of me. The delusion of self-sovereignty. We battle with control, don't we? purpose of taking time to listen to another person is so that we can be present with them in the celebration in the mass whatever it is it's not about fixing them the long probably one of the things that i've learned that's had the greatest impact at this point of my journey. Can't fix people. I have a hard enough time fixing myself. Listening has become more of an exercise of simply being present. Somebody helped help me to realize that one of the most powerful statements, I'm figuring out ways to ask it as a question, powerful statement is, wow, that sounds really tough. Yeah. It is. When we take and invest time, when we're willing to linger and listen to another person, you know what? That's a powerful act of entrusting God to that person and that person to God. He's in control. That's a powerful communication tool. That's an incredible expression of listening.
Listening has a way of breaking through the loneliness. You know that? The fourth skill is that good listeners find ways to support and to encourage the work of God in others. Good listeners find ways to support and encourage the work of God in others. I don't have a tremendous amount of material on this fourth point for you. You're not going to have to concern yourself with being fire-hosed with information. What, What this fourth point has to do with being an effective listener, with being a great listener, is this. When we listen effectively to other people, we're put in a place where we can echo back the voice of God in that person. And that's powerful, crazy stuff. Now, perhaps like me, there's been one or two times in your life that you have either struggled to hear the voice of God, or you're trying to make sense out of the, the mishmash, the two or three things that are swirling around in there. I don't know whether this is me. I don't know if this is God. I don't know whether this is somebody else. What's going on here? When we listen to one another effectively, something powerful happens. And we're able to echo back to that person. What we hear in their voice is the voice of God. It's hard for me, honestly, to, to discern and, and to de- delineate the voice of God. I can't tell you how the privilege of having effective listeners in my life have been able to help me hear the voice of God. I think it's a lot easier for us hear the voice of God in somebody's life than it is for us to. And that's the community part of it all. That's, that's, the, that's really where it comes together. You know, one of the things that's true is that God speaks to us through his word and through his still small voice. He speaks to us also through one another as we take time to listen and to hear. It's so incredibly important. Finally, I think one of the greatest compliments that we can ever be given, bar none, is this. Thank you for listening. As people have said that to me, something comes alive in me. Thank you for listening. Has anyone ever said that to you? If they have, it's because of this. They felt loved. They felt valued. By listening to them, 
You have communicated that you care for them. You haven't fixed necessarily their situation. You care for them by being present with them. If somebody has thanked you for listening, it's because they felt like you have heard them. That's crazy stuff. If you've listened and somebody has thanked you, it's, it's because through whatever it is that they're, they're walking through or waiting through, they feel encouraged. One of the greatest gifts that you and I can give to one another is the gift of listening. And I'd ask us this morning to consider the importance of becoming a student, of being an effective listener, to, to engage with others with the goal of, of listening well, being present, walking with others. Would you pray with me? Gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, I thank you for the incredible examples that you have given to us in the life of Christ, what it means and what it looks like to be an effective listener. Lord, this is an area I struggle in. This is an area that that a few of us may also really struggle in. Give us the strength and the wherewithal and all we need to become more effective listeners. Help us to to reach out to you and the world around us to become more effective in this skill. Lord, we thank you for how it is that you, you hear us. You meet us. You walk with us. In Jesus' name, amen.